Hello, and welcome back to the podcast, Out of Five Stars, a weekly bookish podcast. We're your hosts, Jess and Jess. I'm the Jess in Portland. And I'm the Jess in Louisville. Each week, we're sitting down virtually with a nice drink to talk about all things books, TV shows, movies, you name it, we have got you covered. On today's episode, we are doing part two of Bridgerton, or in other words, episodes five through eight, or in other words, everything sexy and steamy that is Bridgerton. (laughs) That's right. Um, Like we mentioned last week, we did not read the book, but we still felt like Bridgerton was within the bookish realm. So we're going to finish covering the first season um, and get that discussion going. Before we get into it though, Jess? Yes. What are you drinking? It's no longer whole 30 today. Or dry January. That's right. Um, it is a Monday though. <laughs> yeah, it's a Monday. It's fine. Um, if you saw our Insta stories, you will know that I went to Costco and I discovered a new flavor of Spindrift, which is lime. And so I'm trying it today for the very first time and it tastes pretty good. And I can definitely have this with some vodka later down the road. Cause it's, it's, it's really delicious. It's better than the Tasty. cucumber one I, I tasted. Yeah. Five out of five. Heck right yeah. On. What about you? We, we went to Costco. I looked for Spindrift again. So, you know, I don't know, like spent five, 10 minutes in the beverage aisle. There is no Spindrift in our Costco. I have no idea why. Um, so we went to try and true LaCroix. I've got the passion fruit. And even though it's February, it is a Monday. So I was like, okay, I can't like kick off drinking on a Monday. It just feels wrong. Um, so I don't know. I might, I might drink this week. I don't know. Just, it felt pretty good to take a break. Yeah. Yeah. The so liver I'm was like, like, Ooh, girl. Yep. What are you doing? Mm-hmm. I love it. Yeah. So no, I'm, I'm taking a break. So I'm not putting like a end date on it, but I do have a couple bottles of wine that Chris got me for Christmas that I've been really wanting to open up, but I think I can wait until a little bit later to, to bust them open. So. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. Oh, LaCroix, passion fruit. Nice. Good. Try and true. I've had it before. Five out of five. (laughs) Okay. So I think there is maybe one correction from last episode. And I believe last time we, when we were talking about Bridgerton, we alluded to it having a female director, but it was actually a male director. I think the female part that we thought when directing like the sexy scenes, it, mm-hmm. they had like a um, intimacy Yes, person. intimacy coach. I just there. watched a, a YouTube video on it. Yeah, yeah. So the lady who was, I don't coaching know what you call it, coaching the intimacy scenes, which there are a lot, was a female. So Yeah. So it, the director was a male, but we alluded that it was a female, but it was not. Anyways. Okay, getting into this, if you if you guys still haven't seen it, it may not be for you. That's all right, but it was for eighty two million. That'd households. be the only reason why someone hasn't watched it yet, because I feel like everyone has watched it at this point, and it's still at, like as of yesterday. It was when I finished Bridgerton. It was still on Netflix's like top ten mm-hmm. for the U.S. Um, so yeah, I mean. 
you should probably watch it. Even if you don't think period pieces are your thing because of the like fresh spin that I think they really do put into this because it's some alternate reality where like colonialism didn't happen or whatever the heck happened in this one that didn't happen in real world. It is fresh. It it has a fresh spin on it. It's not like some boring, especially if you're like, you know, you watch the first four episodes and you're like, okay, it's good, but it wasn't like saucy. These next four, this is where the sauce comes in. This is when you're getting mm-hmm. like hot and bothered. You're like, yeah, you're, you're okay. Can't watch this with mom and dad. Yeah. That's so at the end of last episode, we gave some predictions about what would happen in the, in the next half. And I think we both said that the Duke and Daphne were going to have baller weddings and that we would never find out who in the season, at least who Lady Whistledown is. Right. And spoiler alert, we find out who Whistleta- Lady Whistletown is. Mm-hmm. And um, the Duke Was the wedding and baller? Daphne, Where did, it was not was baller. It? No. I mean, it was more baller than any wedding I can expect to have. But it, like, was kind of rushed for reasons that, you know, were just weird. Yeah. Well, I mean, because she kissed him in the garden, like a saucy kiss, but, you know, a uh, ruining your ladyhood kind of kiss they rushed into a wedding and it wasn't that big of a deal because I guess it wasn't special and she was just really nervous okay moving on sex scenes wow there were a lot there were a lot the first the first episode that we're talking about in the second part of the season this is so complicated episode five Mm -hmm. when they first have sex it was a good scene I wasn't blown away by it, but I was like, hmm, saucy, not like the sauciest sex scene I've ever seen because I am currently watching Outlander, but it was saucy. I was like, okay, saucy, saucy. I didn't get like cool my sweatpants down saucy until we hit that Taylor Swift song, sex scene, sex um, montage. You know what I'm talking about? Mm -hmm. When it's like, Bam, 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 all over it the place. It was Wildest like, Dreams. And yeah. I was I was oh. watching it with Chris and I was like, oh, do you know the song? Do you know the song? Because both Jess and I are very big Taylor Swift fans. And Love I'm her. like, yes. So the fact that they had a song from her in there, I just, I really appreciate it. It was a great song too. I know. I went ahead and just like added it to a couple different Spotify, Spotify playlists of mine. Cause I was like, this is a banger. Love it. And the montage of sex scenes was great. I was like, this is super fun. My favorite one was my favorite sex scene. This is so funny to be like, what, what was your favorite sex scene? My favorite sex scene, there was two. One when they were like outside raining sex scene, you know, yes. by the like mm-hmm. mezzanine or whatever the heck that was. And then one was like when they were in the field and we got and, like yeah. full Simon butt. Oh, like, yeah. Cheese oh, pork yeah. and rice, dude. He's got a bank. It has not been robbed. It's right there. His bank is out. Goodness gracious. What a good looking took us on the guy. Um, it's funny because so my Chris isn't watching it. He's just like not that into it. But if there's like big nudity, I'm like freaking out on the couch and I'm like, oh my God, it's like, you know, tr- triple, triple X nudity on screen. I'm seeing boy butt which you don't normally get to see a lot of boy butt on netflix um so i'm like chris come in here there's nudity 
and he's like I I know what a boy butt looks like Jen. okay <laughs> but I really appreciated that what was your favorite sex scene in the montage of sex scenes um there was a I, third there was a close third for me too but. there was a lot of them for sure and I think my favorite was probably when she was up on that ladder in the library in the library oh my yes. god that was that was really good and I also really enjoyed the one in the field there was some worker, like uh, some of the house staff, like listening through the door and yeah. they were like giggling about how, what did they say? I can't, oh God, I can't remember like spirited sex, like spirited marital bliss or whatever mm-hmm. to describe. Like, yeah, something like that. We've been getting it on like rabbits. Yes. Yeah. Um, so that was, that was really fun. And I just think that's like, y- yeah, the, the sex scenes are a lot different than what you normally see, right? Like in other media and stuff like that a lot of it is focused on the male perspective a hundred percent it's a lot through the male eyes well not not necessarily for the through the male eyes but I would say more like it's the man wanting the pleasure and not necessarily giving the pleasure to the female right it is a lot more of that but I do think they had a, a little bit you know dusted sprinkled in there of of um the Duke going down, like going Mm -hmm. downtown on Daphne. And as far as we know, she has not gone down on him from the montage of sex scenes. It's just been him going down on her. And then the, you know, wild sex scenes where she only got on top like once the rest was like him on top, but but that was when she realized some stuff later. Mm -hmm. So, um, here we go. They're having sex. They're having sex. (laughs) And so we know from the first four episodes that the Duke supposedly can't give Daphne kids and Daphne wants children. She's 16. She's 16. She she wants kids now, right? Um, She wants them. She wants a big family. And he said, I can't have kids. That's how he, he has said it to her. Right. Not that he can't physically, but he just can't emotionally I guess so he pulls out every single time she doesn't know this though she doesn't know if it like from her point of view because she knows so little about sex him saying I can't have kids she thinks there's something physically wrong with him yes and she has no idea so she's like I don't know anything about sex my mom told me something but it was like not even talking about penetration or anything so she thinks from her perspective in the beginning of this, she's like, he physically can't have kids. So she was very concerned that like sex was somehow painful for him at one point, or Mm -hmm. she thought it hurt, or she thought there was something physically ailing him from having kids. Okay. I think my favorite part, so so throughout them, like having sex, they, she starts to realize that, you know, he's pulling out and something, Mm -hmm. something comes out of him. Obviously, right. we know what it is. If you don't, maybe you're not old enough to listen to this. Um, <laughs> but I think I I really enjoyed the part where she goes to her helper, not not maid. Her hand, I think her like handmaid. Yeah, she brushes yeah. her hair. I think it's like her handmaid. So she goes to her and she's like, hey, I need you to be honest with me. Tell me, how does a lady come to be with child? And she's like, did your mom not tell you? And she's like, no, my mom didn't tell me squat. So right. it's not it's like growing up in, in an Irish Catholic household. Moms don't tell you shit. I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's not, she's, it's not told on the show, but it's assumed that 
Then she gets the actual talk, birds and the bees, from her servant. So then after that, she kind of gets like, kind of having like revenge sex and makes Simon arrive in her. Exactly. And he's like, so that's when she gets on top of him for the first time. Mm -hmm. And he's like, what are you doing? And she doesn't get off. He releases. Yeah. He arrives. Um, I have a question for you since we're on this topic. Did you get I've this, never had sex. No. Did you <laughs> Did you ever ha- get the sex talk from your parents and how was it? Oh gosh. Well, I did grow up Catholic, so I was always told that, you know, you shouldn't have sex before you're married. Um there's like crickets now in my room. <laughs> That's I mean, you know, I think I knew some things and I also had a computer. So the internet was my friend, but I didn't get a whole lot of information about that whole thing. You know, it's really funny. I was talking to my friend about this the other day about like the the whole, when you get your period and everything, my family kind of tiptoed around that conversation and like said, it was your once a month friend and like visitor, you know, your once a month visitor. Mm-hmm. So when I finally did get my period, I thought it was supposed to happen for one day. And then like the next day I was at, actually at summer camp when I first got my period. And so the next day when I was still, you know, uh, menstruating, I thought I was dying. I was like, Oh, I'm going to die. This is not good. It has happened. It has been happening for more than 24 hours. So there was a lot of, um, you know, flowery, flowery, language and then not a whole lot of in-depth explanation about anything um yeah yeah Mm -hmm. I didn't get a whole lot of information about anything it was very catholic my household was very very catholic like masturbation was bad don't do it and just wait until you're married kind of talk what about you I have a feeling it's going to be kind of the same I too grew up in a catholic household but the difference is I also grew up in a Mexican household. Um, I did not get the talk ever. I also, like you, got don't have sex until you're married. Um, at one point, I remember like my mom telling me when I was a little bit older, she she told me, she's like, oh, man, I was afraid you were going to get pregnant in high school. I'm like, what? No, I was so like afraid to do anything. I'm like, no, 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 no. I am not going to get in trouble. It's not happening. Um, so no, I never got the sex talk. And I feel like because of that, maybe is why I have always been very innocent. Mm-hmm. So people like even through high school and college, people will say something or refer to something and I'll be like, I don't know what that is or Mm -hmm. what you're talking about. And so everybody would have to explain it to me. Even now, Chris will say some, some random term and I'm like, huh? Yeah. It's like, oh, you poor innocent child tapping on my head, you know? Um, See, it, it did not work out that way. My poor family just, you know, suppressing my freak side, uh, I went a hundred percent freak did, did not turn out innocent. I'm still a virgin though. I swear to God. So, um, <laughs> that's fine. Mom and dad, when you do listen to this, uh, yeah, no, my poor parents, the more they tried to be like the Bridgerton household, the more I was like, all right, I'm going to go with the opera singer family and do 
wild shit all the wild, time. Wild things. Yeah. Yeah. Wild things. But, oh, you know, which one's better? One one knows how babies are made and then the other one doesn't, but gets to wear cool ball gowns. Who, which one's better? You know, that was something I was like about the show was like all the women who know about sex don't get to have this like lavish, beautiful, go to the ball lifestyle. But that they, we see that we see, but they're more educated. They take care of themselves more like the woman who's the seamstress. She's she knows what sex is. She is not married and has sex with one of the Bridgerton guys. But she's, you know, self-sufficient. She takes care of herself, whereas like the Bridgerton girls and the like Featherington girls, the only thing that they can really look forward to is marrying a man and like being the head of a household. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. So it's like, who has it? Who has it? Who has it better? Yeah. Personally, I'd rather know how the fucking world works than be like in the dark until like your wedding night, fortieth time you're having sex with your husband, and you're like, why the why the heck do you keep splooshin like over on the side of the bed? Like, what's going on? And then (laughs) splooshin feel like an feel like an idiot. (laughs) I don't know. Um. So after after Daphne does that, the Duke is pissed. Yes. He is pissed. And at at some point, I guess maybe I missed it. They're like, we're going to separate like next month. If we find out you're pregnant or not, like we're done, this isn't going to work. And it's been like, what, two weeks since they got married. I'm like, oh Mm -hmm. my God, what a, what a relationship. Right. Right? I'm like, you guys need to first, first of all, number one, grow the heck up. Like talk about your freaking problems because honestly Simon's whole thing is so I'm sorry so dumb like his vow he made to his dad on his deathbed that like the Bridger or the the his name Hastings or what, mm-hmm. what's his Hastings. last name yeah Hastings. the Hastings name will you know Not end with on. me mm-hmm. that is just so child childish one yeah. and then two his dad's not even around to like I love how Daphne put it though. I love how when she was fighting is like break your vow to me or break your vow to him. Yeah. No, not just that. Like her saying, I can't believe you're going to keep your vow to a, a man that no longer walks this earth instead of mm-hmm. keeping your, your vow to me. I thought that was pretty for a 16 yeah. year old. It was pretty good. Mm-hmm. No, I can't, I can't it, get over the it age. It really was. The age is crazy. So I was really curious because they look so different in age. Like, I'm not saying Simon looks old by any means. I'm just saying that the actress who plays Daphne, I think her name's like Phoebe something. Mm -hmm. She does it so well. This like innocent baby lamb face that she does. And she is like so petite. I'm like, what is that age gap? I had to look it up. So the actor who plays Simon is actually 31 years old in real life. And the actress who plays Daphne is 25. So it's not even that big of an age gap. I thought it would have been way, I thought the Phoebe who plays Daphne, I thought she would have been much younger than 25 because she looks just so, I don't know. It's the makeup. So it is, but it's just like, she does a great job and I don't know. I feel like also the fact that she had no idea how babies were made helps it seem like she's just so. I think that's just naive mean. and young. I think that's just mean on the mom's 
part. And then she comes and like tries to apologize. Like, oh, I'm sorry. I didn't tell you anything. Like what she said was like on her wedding day, on Daphne's wedding day, she's just like, do you remember those dogs that we had? And then they had puppies and that was it. I'm like, what? There wasn't, there was no explanation. And then they had puppies. You know, if that was like the thing that I was told, oh my God, can you just imagine some kid, you know, some 16 year old who's like thinking about, okay, that's how the dogs did it. So she just like gets on all fours, like, all right, let's go. I, that's so crazy, but I guess I have no idea. It would be really fascinating if someone could find, okay. Did you ever have this book? I think it's like called my body and you or something, but it was like this book that everyone got in the nineties. And it was like talking about your period Mm -hmm. and like your boobs. Okay. I'm going to look it up to see what it's called, but it would be really interesting to find the like Victorian equivalent. Oh yeah. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Um, luckily, um, for me, unlike you, when you didn't know anything about your period, my mom always (laughs) like told me about my period, you know, like if you're in school and this happens, just go to the bathroom and mm-hmm. put some toilet paper there and you'll be fine. Um, oh, do you remember just bunching up toilet paper? The book yeah. is called The Care and Keeping of You. And it was an American girl doll book, but it oh. was like teaching girls about wearing deodorant and like when your boobs are going to come in. It would be very fascinating if someone could find like the, the ladies handbook to giving blowjobs from Victorian. Oh my God. You know what I mean? That'd be hilarious. This isn't about Bridgerton, but you were just talking about this book in the nineties, blowjobs, women. I read this book over the summer called The Giver of Stars. That's really good. And it's actually based here in Kentucky about the ladies. I think it was like in the late 1800s early Mm -hmm. 1900s. Don't quote me on that. I don't remember. So don't come at me. And they are librarians going to, um, like riding on horses, going to deliver books to people. And the women, the four, four or five women that would be, that were the librarians would take this little book to the women in the households that like told them about like, this is what you should do to your man. This is like, so the, like kind of like a little black book for women. And mm-hmm. the one of like the librarians that was kind of estranged from her husband read it and she, and she tried doing that stuff to, to her estranged husband. And he was like, no, you, that's only things that whores do. You don't do that. How do you know how to do that? And they ended up getting- And she's like, how do you know whores do it? Exactly. (laughs) They ended up getting divorced at the end. But that that reminded me of that little book in that story. I was like thinking and trying to remember it. But yeah, that's also a really good book. If you need a a good book to read, it's called The Giver of Stars by Jojo Moyes. Anyways, I digress. Let's jump back into the whole situation where the Duke is saying he can't have kids. And then Daphne realizes, okay, he can physically have kids. I've seen the stuff that makes children come out of you and you've been using, you know, you've, you've been using my ignorance Mm -hmm. against me and, you know, really made her feel like a freaking idiot, which I would feel like a total complete idiot if like, you know, your, your husband, who's supposed to be your family, who's supposed to be, you know, the number one person looking out for you 
knows that you don't know something about sex and is using that against you. That would feel like the ultimate. Because it's something that you don't want. Right. The ultimate betrayal. And not because you physically can't have kids, but because you do not want them because you told your dad that you weren't going to have them. That would feel, ugh. It would kind of be like the equivalent of a woman being on birth control and the and not man, telling, yeah, yeah mm-hmm. really wanting kids. I'm like, oh, I'm sorry, you know, like I'm trying, I'm ovulating right, right, right. now. No, you're yep. on birth control, girl. You just don't right, want yeah. It that would be that would be the flip side of it. And what? So what did you? Did that make you feel think anything less of Simon once that happened? Like once we found out that it was him lying and using Daphne's ignorance against her. Did you like him any less as a character? Because I know for me, I did. I was like, what a dick. Like I thought his wiener didn't work or something. I didn't think it was like a father thing, a daddy issue. I kind of assumed that it was the the father thing. I thought it was very petty and- Oh, big time. He should have just gotten over it. It's not like he didn't- want kids I think he wanted Mm -hmm. them I just think he was afraid to break his vow and to I think he was afraid Mm -hmm. to actually want them like deep down he wanted them but he was afraid to actually admit it to himself that he wanted to have children with his wife that he just married right and he's probably nervous too like oh what if I turn into like my father when the kid comes yeah you have a kid and but I, I still, I lost a little respect for Simon when that happened, just how he dealt with it instead of telling her right from the get go, like, Hey, I, I made a vow. I wouldn't have kids. Cause that would have been way different than saying I can't mm-hmm. then and lying about it. than starting off on the right foot and being like, Hey, I can't, I can't for this reason. Mm-hmm. Um, that would have been a lot different, but because of how he went about it. So speaking of kids and being pregnant, Marina, Marina, poor, poor Marina. She is the Featherington's cousin that Mm -hmm. is pregnant um, with this like soldier's kid because they were in love and she sat. It was kind of like a notebook type thing. I think we talked about that last episode Mm -hmm. where they, they just couldn't connect with their letters. And so she's trying to entrap Colin into marrying her and it's so heartbreaking because he says yes and then Lady Whistledown is like yo everybody in the town Marina's pregnant she's a little whore and Colin mm-hmm. is now in in this little entanglement with with them and it was very sad because I'm like Colin says you know if you would have told me your situation I would have married you right away and I was like oh mm-hmm. my god what a gentleman yeah, what a good guy. I feel like uh Colin came out as like number one good guy, except for the fact that I feel like it was pretty obvious at that ball that Penelope was like hitting on him or about to hit on him or about to say, like, I like you. And he was like, Guess what? Um, peace and out. I'm going to I know, I travel. know. Poor Penelope too. Penelope Marina. They're like two of my favorite characters and they are getting like the shortest ends of all the sticks. I felt so bad for all of them, but back to Marina, she, you know, this poor girl, she is like now with lady 
you know, with her messy business for everyone to know, she's like stuck again. And someone comes to rescue her. Yeah. Daphne helps. Mm -hmm. She's like, I'm going to reach out. We're going to find your man. Cause you know, it shouldn't just be on you. This is, this is his mess up too. He should come back and take care of you. He's just as much to blame as you are. So they're kind of getting like angry at George, who's the father of the child. And they're like, we need to get him here. And I'm going to go find Daphne's like, I'm going to write a letter to him or to someone and we're going to get him here. So she (laughs) sends off this letter and Marina doesn't think much is going to come from this because she doesn't have the Duke sign Mm -hmm. the letter, which I was like, um, girl, chill. Like Daphne is now a duchess duchess. Mm-hmm. She can get shit done now, but and she's, she's a female, like feeling more so can confident. She? she is, she is a female, but she's feeling more confident now that she knows how babies are made. So she feels like she can do anything now. <laughs> she's on top so of the world. Yes, she is. She really is. She's like, I'm, we're getting shit done and we are putting men in their place for taking advantage of us. So she writes off to the guy and what happens is instead of George coming back, pure, like Nicholas Sparks notebook style, we get his brother, his brother comes back. And why is that Jessica? Bum, bum, bum. He is dead. He has died on the battlefield. He started writing a note. Saying that he was coming back and rescuing her. Yep. He loves her and he's in love with her and he wants to take her away and marry her. And it's so romantic and beautiful, but he dies before he can do this. Yeah. So his brother comes tells her all this. She's heartbroken, but he says, you know what? My brother took, you know, liberties with you. I'm going to marry you. You need to be married. And she says, and I will take care of Jessica. I will take care of you and all those things, like everything Mm -hmm. you would want to hear. And she says, answer to your prayers. She says, no. Right. At first she says, no, she says, no. She's like, I don't love you. I don't know you. Right. Cause she doesn't, she doesn't love this guy. She doesn't know this guy. She's like, just fuck it. She decides to take things into her own hands, make some, uh, concoction in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Thinks it's gonna, you know, some tea, do the, some tea, the like anti-baby 3000 tea. She's like, all right, I'm going to drink this stuff. She ends up getting really sick. Thinks she so has, she's gotten, gotten rid of the baby mm-hmm. issue. She thinks she has because she drank this tea. Um, But we find out later that it it didn't take, it didn't work. And she's still pregnant. So then eventually she decides to say yes to the guy. To the brother. And And that's the last we see of her. She takes off with him. And I'm Mm -hmm. like, what the heck? Marina, like what? Where? where? Where I hope that in future seasons, we we get a story about them. Because I was like, this can't end here. I need to know more. So we know that there's going to be a season two Mm -hmm. and it's already, I think, filming. And season two is going to focus on Anthony's romance. I think it's it's starting to film in 2021. Um, So hopefully maybe down the line, we're going to see more of Marina. But I would really, really hope that because she's got uh, like very term turmoil story like there's a lot going on with her story whereas like Daphne and Simon their issue I'm sorry but it's a it's Simon's daddy's daddy issue like he has a daddy issue problem and I'm just like get over yourself like he's not even alive anymore like don't don't fucking lie to your wife dude just 
sploosh inside her, let her have a baby. That's what she wants or don't and have a conversation about it. They end up, they end up throwing a ball. Daphne and the Duke end up throwing a ball to kind of close out the courting season. And the queen is there and Eloise is like, oh, I want to know like how she's going to find out Lady Whistledown. And the guy's like, oh, the guy, which is the queen's guard or whatever you call him. Yeah. He's like, oh, we figured out who does the printing for her. So we're going to trap her there tonight. And so Eloise is like, I got to go there. And she goes over there and Lady Whistledown's carriage comes by, but Eloise also sees like the queen's hunters to find like detectives. Hunchman dude. Yeah. And so Eloise goes over and she's like, oh, run away. And then we get a peek of Lady Whistledown. Which I did not think. I kind of did. Did not think it was going to be this person. Oh, I was like, what, uh, what, uh, what a twist. Should we tell them? Are you guys ready? Everyone guess right now at home. If if you don't want to listen to this, then be skip, skip it. But like, you ready? Lady Whistledown's identity is Penelope Featherington, mm-hmm. which I love. I absolutely love it because this gives her one a big town, big time redemption because she is like constantly telling Eloise like, you know, women like us, we have to marry. We can't make anything of ourselves. Like we can't be successful writers on our own. We can't, we have to marry. Like that's the only option for us. And I'm so happy it's her because I wanted her to have some sort of like redemption, more than, like more than just what she was getting. The girl who wears yellow all the time. She poor girl always has to wear yellow. Okay. I have, I have a question. Yeah. Did you expect it? Okay. Did you expect her Lady Whistledown to be shown? Or did you just think like, oh, maybe just we're going to get a little profile of her and and that's it? So I didn't think we were going to see the face. And at first I was thinking uh, Lady Whistledown was going to be a guy because after what you told me about Gossip Girl, I was like, oh, I bet it's going to be a twist like that and be some dude or something like that. Um yeah, when they when they took her her little cape down, I was like, oh my, oh my, Lanta, goodness, Penelope Featherington, good for you, girl, good for you. And I love it because there's this, there's the relationship between uh, Penelope and Eloise. They're like BFFs, but they were like kind of fighting for a while, but now they're BFFs again, which is mm-hmm. really fine. People do that. Um, but it's just really interesting. And like Penelope plays the game so well because she's like so like, at, you know, has this like sweet, you know, innocent vibe that she gives off where she's like, oh, oh I have to marry. I'm, I'm not going to be a very, you know, make much of myself. And Eloise is like, I'm going to be a writer and I'm going to like be famous on my own for my own, you know, what I do. And it's just such a cute relationship that they have as those two characters. But then there's also the additional relationship between Eloise trying to find out who Lady Whistledown is and then saving Lady Whistledown, who she doesn't know, but that's her best friend. So you know cute. how I kind of figured out or not figured out more so I was suspicious of who would be Lady Whistledown Tell being me. Penelope is when Lady Whistledown blew the cover on Marina because 
Penelope did not want Colin to marry him, to marry Marina because, you know, she was trapping her and nobody else had said anything to anybody about Marina being pregnant. And then after that dinner where it was like, okay, maybe we're going to speed up this wedding. Yeah. She was like, I got to put a stop to it. The next, the next lady whistle down was she's pregnant. Exactly. That's, that's how I kind of was like, oh, okay. Well, that's kind of, that was where I read a Buzzfeed article about like the six or seven different places in the show where it kind of alluded to Penelope being mm-hmm. whistle down. But that one for me was the, was the nail in the coffin. Right. And it's very interesting too, because it's typically in the show, it's Eloise telling Penelope her theories on who Lady Whistledown is and Penelope always being very like attentive to this topic, like, oh yes, it's probably a tradesman or a tradesperson or, oh, it's the, it's the seamstress. Oh, okay. Interesting. Like Penelope's mm-hmm. just always very good at like listening to Eloise's, um, Eloise's, uh, theories of who she is and why she thinks it's this person. And then once that happens, Eloise still doesn't think it, she's like, oh, it's gotta be the seamstress because she knew we were making garments for, um, you know, to hide the pregnancy and stuff like that. So Mm -hmm. it's just, yeah, it was so good. I loved it. I loved that, um, Penelope was, you know, lady whistle down, but then it makes me, obviously we didn't read the books. So I'm like, how long has lady whistled down been writing this mm-hmm. because Penelope's kind of young, right? What is she supposed to be the same age as like yeah. Daphne? What is she supposed to be like, like 16? So she's writing like a publication. Who is her copywriter? I know I needed a copywriter. Like when I was 16, I wrote like a complete aardvark. So like, how has she been doing this on her own and her family's broke? So how does she get the income from this whole thing and then not how's her family not know anything yeah I know but I mean people pay for the whistle down pamphlets I know but how does she get that money and no one realizes she's making bank from lady whistle down papers knows that is a great question Penelope is 16 in the show we were 16. wrong. Can we just say that we were both wrong both in wrong. assuming that Lady Whistledown's identity was going to be hidden throughout the entire series? And to me, it was a surprise. I'm like, wow, they just told you who it is right away. Maybe this will be a good play to keep an eye on Penelope in the future mm-hmm. seasons. Okay, so little correction corner. I just had to start looking at more ages. Daphne Bridgerton is 21 when she makes her debut on British Society. Oh, she's not 16. So that's almost worse that she's a 21 year old woman and has not knowing about sex. Babies are made. 21. 21. Just man. Okay. I think it's time, Jessica. What time is it? It's time. Are we rating it? To rate the show. Yes. Out of five stars. Out of five stars. Okay. Um, yeah, that's the old tune. It's going to be out of five stars. That's terrible. Um, it's very entertaining. Soundtrack. Soundtrack alone. Five out of five. Holy camole. Really, the they made this They made this for us. Like, if you put a Taylor Swift song into anything that also is a sex montage, it's going to be five out of five. But that being said, I think there are some things 
especially since this is an alternate universe London that they could have taken more liberties with. Um, this is something that we again, didn't get to, but the like representation, they do have multiple, you know, different people represented, but because it is an alternate universe, I felt like they could have gone more, like they could have gone bigger on that aspect. Um, I feel like more of the main characters could have been, you know, a little bit more, there could have been more in, in the show as far as representation goes and size in inclusiveness. There's one character who's like a curvy girl. Yeah. And everyone else is, you know, the banging 16 hot year old body wise, which is great. I mean, I love watching a hot boy with a, a big bank having sex with a beautiful girl, but there are not a lot of other body types represented. And I feel like because it is an alternate universe, they could have gone wider spectrum on both representation of, uh, you know, skin tones and everything and sizes. So I'm going to knock one star off for just the, the lack of, you know, more lack, the lack of more, if that makes any sense. Um, but let's see, I'm trying to think of what else the storyline was entertaining. There was, you know, a lot of tropes that you could follow along with really easy. So, you know, I don't know where I fall on that. And then the character wise, I think they had a lot of great characters. Simon became kind of a jerk, but then kind of got himself back in there. I'm going to go ahead and say four stars for me because it was very entertaining to watch. The soundtrack was really great. The, I really liked the costume and the atmosphere and the flow of the whole show was just a very entertaining flow for me. But there was a couple things that I thought like they could have done better on that. I hope they do better next season and I would definitely watch next season. So what do you rate it and why? I would agree with you to rating it a four out of five stars. Um, I think for me, I I really enjoyed like the soundtrack, the acting, the flow of the entire show. What bothered me was there was a lot of balls. It wasn't necessary to have so many freaking balls in the mm, show. Mm-hmm. They could have worked on more character development instead of putting them in a fucking ball. Um, and then another thing was, you know, once Daphne and the Duke get married, they go back to his like hometown and they start mm-hmm. working on the home on the like the being the Duke and Duchess of their place. This, of this mm-hmm. place. And there's issues going on. People are not getting paid. You know, there's a lot of issues that the Duke's trying to work on. And then all of a sudden they go back to London. So, and then like the whole, what I mentioned Feels earlier. left off. Like, what Francesca, about, that, like this, what about this, that town you have to run? This girl came out of nowhere. Just, you know. Yes. I feel like there was a lot of things that they, they touched on a little bit. And then they were like, bloop, we're not going to talk about them anymore. So for that reason, I would give it a four out of five stars. I would definitely watch season two. Would I rewatch the show? Maybe if I was bored, but I'd probably only watch like episodes five through eight. <laughs> She's like only the ones where they have a lot of sex. Um, I would definitely listen to the soundtrack again. I probably couldn't watch the show again. Um, 
but I will be watching season two when that comes out. It is, it is a hoot. It is a hoot. It's funny. Yeah, it is. It's really funny for, for a period piece. So yeah. that's cool. You know, usually period pieces are so dramatic and sad and it's, it's kind of hilarious that the like main arc of this whole story was that Simon told his daddy that he wouldn't have kids. And that was like the big issue. That's so sad. Like Chris was like, Oh, so they're married. So like the show's over now. Right. And I was like, well, no, now I guess I need to learn about the birds and the bees. So we're going to keep going on with that, but yeah, good. Four out of five. Cool. Do you want to tell our listeners what we got going on next week? on the episode on the show what we are going to be covering mm-hmm. for sure so next week we're really excited we are doing our first listener suggestion which is also like a co-worker friend of ours um she suggested doing the mountaintop school for dogs and other second chances by ellen cooney um she found the book in one of those little libraries so it was, i i love looking at little libraries if you if you follow us on instagram you will see that we frequent those quite often and it's just fun to see like what random books are in there and she picked up that one she read it she thought it was great so that's what we are doing now I'm excited about it I'm excited that it's a listener suggestion something that we don't usually read so Mm -hmm. don't forget to pretty pretty please subscribe to the show if you enjoyed this um, episode find us on all the socials on Instagram Facebook Twitter TikTok we're at out of five stars And that's Outa with two T's. Until next time. Cheers. Cheers.